Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring your Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 109 of Screwball, and this week we have a little bit of news, especially concerning some young prospects. As for the episode as a whole, we are going to go through our normal uh, progression of the show. Uh, For the uninitiated, we go through our news and our topic of the week, as well as some hot and cold players, and then our trivia question. So, as I had just mentioned, the... Main news surrounding this week was uh, two real main prospects being called up and and, uh, making their debut for their respective teams, the Orioles and the Cardinals, but we'll get into that uh, with this first piece of news. On Saturday, May 21st, Adley Rushman finally made his MLB debut for the Orioles against the Tampa Bay Rays. I believe he's 24 at this point, I think. I think he's a little bit bit older. Uh, In the seventh inning, Adley got his first hit in the majors with a triple to right field, and this could be the start of an incredible career for one of baseball's biggest prospect in recent years. I know Adley Rushman has kind of been number one prospect for, you know, how long now? And people are saying he's the next coming for the catcher position and he's the next coming for the Orioles. It's kind of the, the, the start for them. It could really be uh, them kind of moving into being a, a winning team again. So, um, and with that, I'll let Frank get into a little bit. There was a particular Cardinals player that also got called up and also got his first hit, yeah. um, which is so it's exciting to see we already have a pretty young batch of players around the MLB that are really, really exciting. And to add even more to that field is, is pretty crazy. You know, the, the game's just constantly getting younger. It seems these superstars come up and and they're, and they're just so next level. So that's really cool. Congratulations to Adley Rushman. Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, you know, Adley Rushman, the number one prospect. We also had Nolan Gorman for the Cardinals get called up. He was, um, the best player in triple a hands down this year. Um, had like nine home runs, right? Nine straight games or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, he's going to come up and play second. He was a third base prospect. He's going to come up and play second with the Cardinals really missing a shortstop at this point. Edmonds going to slide over to shortstop. Um, look out for them. Trade deadline for a shortstop, especially with some big names like Bogarts around. Yeah. But with Gorman up, that's a big add to the Cardinals. Um, they also called up, they did reset him back down, but they called up uh, Matthew Liebertor. Yeah. He was a high prospect for the pitching-wise. He'll be back up, but they said send him down for now. He came up and pitched. Um, so those are two big pieces for, for the Cardinals and for baseball, but for the Cardinals especially with their chance at you know running for uh, a World Series right now. You need uh, – that's going to help you. Essentially, shortstop with Gorman and pitching-wise anywhere. Starting rotation or in the bullpen with Libertor. Yeah. Yeah, so they got uh, they got a lot to look forward to. And the Cardinals just always seem to find prospects, especially pitching prospects. They yeah. just seem to always be a revolving door of pitchers. And you can see they have called up already, what, Juan, Juan Lopez? Mm-hmm. The, the other guy was up over 300 right now. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, they, they always have their guys. And then they have pieces to go trade for a big piece, you know, out of the bullpen or something later, later in the year. Right. Yeah, so uh, good luck to both of them. Uh, I think that they're both going to do very well in the majors. They just seem to have that kind of can't miss aura around them um we have seen some prospects come up and struggle um it's not alien to these guys they are still young but uh you know i know that they're one of them two of the more highly regarded guys so we'll see 
Uh, number two piece of news, the Mariners reached a deal with veteran Justin Upton. Uh, as the four-time All-Star, he looks to bounce back. After being DFA'd by the Angels, Justin Upton was once one of the young stars of the game. And I believe he came up when he was like 19. Uh, and got off to a great start in his career, but has struggled in the last few years and has struggled to find a swing. Could this be the return of the Justin Upton we know? Now, I, you know, I feel like the Mariners already have a pretty <laughs> wide pool of outfielders, so I thought it was kind of strange. They could just be like, hey, you're DHing and that's what you do. But I, I thought that the Mariners was a strange landing spot, but uh, I'm glad that someone gave him a chance because Justin Upton really was, especially back with the Diamondbacks and stuff, the dude was just like... You know, he was almost like a guaranteed Hall of Famer, you know, so we'll see what happens to him. But like I said, the Mariners already have a giant pool of outfielders, so I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know where he fits in. Yeah, yeah, Justin Upton's always a player I always liked. Stole bases, hit home runs, did a little bit of everything. But um, they've had a lot of struggling outfielders, too. So he comes in and plays well. They can use him as trade bait or use somebody else's trade bait to thin out that outfield spot. So that could be part of their plan. But also DH could be open, and he, I think, also worked a little bit at first base with the Angels before he left. So mm-hmm. it could be an idea there as well. That's um, something. Some other news here I got. Um, we've seen Pujols pitch. We mentioned that already. And then we've seen Yadier and Molina pitch, and they both did the same thing. They both came right at the same career year, right? <laughs> so that's pretty funny there. Yeah. And he actually threw some of his warm pitches to Pujols behind the plate, which was pretty funny. That's cool. We also have uh, Camden Yards with the moving of the fences. We've seen recently with Judge and even Orioles players like Trey Mancini um, come out and disapprove of it, especially Trey Mancini. Judge, they say, was more kind of joking around. Trey Mancini wasn't at all. He's like, that's not good. It's not very good at all. Yeah. He doesn't like it. Um, I don't think really anybody likes it. And I think we'll see uh, meet in the middle next year. That fence comes back in and maybe, you know, a little bit and they short the fence again or something. But it's definitely not going to stay – as it is. There's no reason. And especially yeah. you get a guy like Rushman, your number one prospect who's a hitter, he's going to come in and be like, that's no good. Next, that change. It has to change. It doesn't make any sense. And the stadium just looks uglier, in my opinion. Yeah. I just think that they should have just, they could have just left it. If they wanted to move the, the fence back, fine. You know, other stadiums have done it, but it just looks so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just too much moving back and too high, too high of the fence. Yeah. And then the last bit I have here, you know, is our, is our topic I wanted to get into is um, the panic button. Right, we're getting to that point of the season. Memorial Day is usually your who are we team, right? You're 40 games, 35, 40, 45, 50 games into the season. And who are we? Are we good? Are we not good? Who are we trading? Who are we picking up? Who are we releasing? Who are we calling up? Things like that. Right. So is it time to hit the panic button on some of these teams? Um, you know, and, and some of these teams, I think, you know, it definitely could be. Um, we're looking at teams like the Braves, mm-hmm. defending champs, right? 19 and 23 right now. As a time to hit the panic button on them. I think it's it's worth noting, coming off a World Series win, that it is definitely time to hit the panic button if you're a Braves fan or a Braves player because, I mean, you are 19-23. Your division's a lot better than it was last year. It's hard to do it again, right? Had a bad half a year, they come in and go nuts all the way to the World Series, right? You're missing a guy who was there for 10 years in Freeman, right? Um, so that's a guy who was a leader who could really help Turn turn a turn a tide, but um, I mean, what's going on there is they have Acuna coming off injury. He's been all right, banged up here and there. Olson struggled here of late, but a lot of these guys haven't been doing anything. Austin Riley, nothing. Eddie Eddie Rosario had the eye surgery. He's gone for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Duvall hasn't done really anything. Swanson, you haven't heard much of. Um, and their bullpen has not been 
as good as some of these guys. Tyler Matzik was really good last year down the stretch. He hasn't really done much. Will Smith's been okay. Kelly Jensen's been okay. Um, Luke Jackson got Tommy John, so he's gone. They're just they're not clicking on all cylinders right now, and they blew a couple games. Their defense let them down a couple games. Their offense has been hit or miss. So, you know, is it time to hit the panic button? Obviously, with a team like that, it's not time to go full panic button, but it's time to be like, hey, what's going on? And we have a slump here, like the hangover. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? This division's going to be a, a runaway here soon. Right, Especially, right. you know, when, with the Mets going as is, you know, it could be, you know, 88 and out the gate. You know, with a team like that, it's, it's it's you know, like, what are we going to do? we got to find an answer. So I'm not sure what you, you're thinking there with the Braves and things like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of players I think that you could think of uh, right now, um, but uh, specifically to the Braves, uh, I know they were kind of in this situation last year, especially you know, and then they lost Acuna, so it was kind of like, like, holy shit, we just lost our star, and we're we have all these expectations. I think that we're in a weird position in the MLB these last two seasons where these there's such expectations for some teams and players, and it just doesn't pan out. Uh, it's it's a very weird, and the Braves are really the weirdest team in my opinion with that because last year they stunk and made a run, and it's looking like this year they're they're doing kind of the same thing. They're really not they're playing way below I think that their their value. I don't think it really you know the only thing you really attribute it to you know they lost Freeman, but I don't think you really lose much with Olson. You know you don't really lose much there. Um, Long term, you you might have you more than likely made the better inv- investment. But other than that, you pretty much have your field in the same, you know, Adam Duvall, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Ozzy Albies. You got Acuna back. Acuna was, really wasn't out long. You can't blame it on that. Um, you still got Eddie Rosario. You know, so I'm not seeing where their problem is. Like you said, their bullpen uh, is a little has been rough. I would say that that's where they probably needed to improve from. You know, even last year, that's where their main Achilles heel was. So I think, you know, them um, – you, you know, I, I know you, you had written down some players that you'd want to get into. Uh, guys just off the top of my head, like Marcus Simeon, who just signed that huge deal with the Rangers, yeah. is and a guy who's been very good the last few years. Um, it's kind of strange what's going on, but yeah, I think that there are certain. I don't. I don't know if you, on the Braves you really hit the panic button yet, like the panic button. But you've got to. You really got to be concerned if you're a fan. Yeah, you're on the fence. You're in the middle. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's really like like Twins last year where you're like, wow, we stink. But it's like. Hey, this is the second season where we've really gotten off to a two-month bad start. What's yeah. the problem? Where, yeah. where is the disconnect happening? Yeah, you know? like, yeah. And some other teams like I hear, just to throw in a topic here, um, we got the Phillies, mm-hmm. you know, twenty and twenty-two. Where we at there? Um, defensively, they're not a good team. We knew that coming in, but now even worse defensively because you're probably your best defensive player or top two defensive players is Harper. Can't yeah. play outfield with a uh, you know Tommy John injury. He's still, he's still hitting. He's still hitting pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, is it time to hit the panic button there? Um, not as much. Expectations aren't quite as high. Obviously, they want to win the World Series, and they have you know they, they have talent. They could do so. But I don't think they're hitting the panic button quite yet. Their bullpen's still been a struggle. They've lost three games, but they're up 7-1. to one. That's a big difference. That's really bad. You're, you know, 23-19 if you win those three games. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So that's a big difference. Their defense hasn't killed them. Their offense is hit or miss. Yes, they're like 6th, 7th, 8th in the league in runs scored, but it's because they scored 10 this game, 1 this game, 2 this game, 1 this game, 10 this game, 8 this game, 1, 1, 1. They're not consistently scoring. Right. Um, hit the panic button? No, um, because, again, they're so such an offensive-dominant team. Zach Wheeler's still getting back into the groove of it. 
and they can get some pieces out in this bullpen. They can um, definitely sneak in as one of those wildcard teams. And with that offense, you never know what can happen. Oh, so yeah. panic button for Phillies, not quite yet. Here's a team I think the panic button should be set out. I think even these next three teams, I think the panic button's really kind of out for. Uh, the next one's the Blue Jays, 22-20. and 20. Going into last weekend's series against the Reds, the Reds had scored more runs than the Blue Jays. That's bad. That's that's bad. <laughs> the Reds had scored more runs than the Blue Jays with that offense, with the MVP. Really should have been MVP. It wasn't for Otani's pitching last year. Mm. Was the MVP. That's that's a time to hit the panic button big time there because I think they're still one of the last, if not last, in runners in scoring position, mm-hmm. batting average. Their runs are way down. They're just not hitting the ball. Kevin Biggio has been not good for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't heard much from Bichette at all all year. Mm-hmm. Vlad had a pretty hot start. Haven't heard much from Vlad all year. Teoscar Hernandez has been bad. Larius Gariel we haven't heard much from. Uh, we have um, their pitching. Hijay Ryu was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Barrios is also a player here. As, you know, time to hit the panic button. You know, as a player, he hasn't done nothing. Their bullpen really has doesn't have a huge names out there, and they're not really done a whole bunch. So the team's just not going. And then you have a team like a uh, division like the AL East with the Yankees. We have the Rays, who have been doing pretty good. Then you have Baltimore, who's been more co- contending this year, right? Have been more competitive. Yeah, they've been better. Uh, Boston, of late here, has been hitting and, and, and winning games. So I think it's time to kind of hit the panic button because this team's young, and this team doesn't really have a bunch of guys pitching-wise that you really can rely on. Mm-hmm. The one thing you can rely on is offense – you know, running the bases, playing good defense because they're young and they're not doing it. And I'm not sure if Montoya, manager-wise, is that real strong either. Right. So I think it's panic button time for the Blue Jays. The White Sox, I I wouldn't say it's really panic because that division is really not that good. Mm-hmm. And they've had bad luck with injuries. Oh, Some yeah. really bad luck. Yeah. And they have one of the best managers we've seen. Mm-hmm. But they got to start coming out of it again because – Offensively, they're just not doing anything. Agreed. Right? They're just don't. They don't. They're not doing enough. Jose Abreu's been terrible. Desmondi Grandel's terrible. He just is terrible. I and mean, last year he had, I guess, a good year. He bat like 190, I think. Um, yeah, he hits home runs, whatever. But he's just not good. Right? Let's just get, get out of the way. Uh, Tamanson defensively has regressed. Defensively. Bad. Yeah. Uh, Juan Moncada has just came back from injury, but he's been slump, slumping. Uh, Luis Robert was hurt for a little while. He's actually having a pretty good year. Luis Jimenez is hurt and now for. The direct, you know, for a while here. Mm. AJ Pollock's been in and out of the lineup. They haven't had Lance Lynn. You're missing Garrett Crochet's out for the year, Tommy John. Keiko's been terrible. You're just, you're, Rodon's not there no more. Yeah. Giolito, we've seen how he is. He has one really good year, and then now it's hit or miss with starts. So the White Sox are just, it's time to kind of make a move. Like, all right, show us you're rounding into form, which I think they have a little bit. But show us you're rounding into form and you're, you're you're getting life and you'll be okay. Right. So really, panic button? No. I think they're kind of close to the Braves where it's like right in the middle. We're mm. only like one bad week away from panic button being really pressed. Or one good week away from being like, okay, we're all right. Yeah, true. So we got to lo- look out for them. They just had some bad luck. Give them their credit. You know, injuries and stuff. They've had some bad luck. Um, not a great division either. And then the last team, I think panic button's pressed and it's already in and it's been in for, I don't know, 20 years. The Mariners. Yeah. Because last year they won 90-something games. Right? They won 91, 2, 3 games last year. They won a lot of games. Yeah. This year they're 18-25. and 25, And they've got a lot better, you thought, on paper. And they're worse. You have... Starting in the outfield, Jesse Winker's done nothing. 
out of that trade, Eugenio Suarez has been the bigger piece, which is amazing. Higher average and everything, and he's not very, you know, he's not doing shocking the world. Mm-mm. So Suarez hasn't been doing over over the top. Winker hasn't done anything. Jared Kellenic's been terrible in the major leagues. We have um, Luis Rodriguez starting to hit now of late. You're just you're not. J.P. Crawford's had, had a pretty good year. You did lose a veteran in Kyle Seager, right? There's just not a whole bunch. Ty Francis had a good year, but what's going on? Mm-hmm. They can't seem to pitch. They're not pitching well. Mm-mm. You you don't have that win guy, that ace, right? Robbie Ray was that guy. I win day. He comes in, you win, right? He pitches, we win four to five times. He pitches. Yep. That's it's hard to get in slumps that way, but he hasn't done that. You don't have a lot of pitching. Your bullpen's really not that deep. Diego Castillo and guy like that haven't been that good. But rotation it literally is Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez. I there's just not a whole bunch. You lost Kikuchi right in the off season. Yep. Kyle Lewis is hopefully coming back here pretty soon. Uh, Julio Rodriguez turning the corner, but I just don't see that they're, they're struggling, and they're in a division that's a lot better than it's been. Because mm-hmm. you had the Astros, sure they're still good. The Angels are now the team that they should have been. Sure, the A's got worse. Okay, but the Rangers, I think, have gotten a little bit better. Yeah. So, where are you? You're 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 seven games under 500. That's that's not counting where you're at in the division. You're seven under 500, which means you're probably like. At this point, what, 14 games out of the win in the division? Yeah, yeah. That's Astros a lot of been, games. Yeah, That's two full weeks of games just to tie the division. That's You are in trouble. And you have the longest postseason drought, I think, out of any major professional sports team. I think so, yeah. Been you over haven't made years. it since, what? I think 01, when they were really good. <laughs> yeah. Since, you know, almost before 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... We barely had cell phones, and you were in the playoffs, right? So, the the panic button's pushed way down. Spent a lot of money on Robbie Ray; he hasn't done anything. So they got to figure out what's going on with the Mariners. Um, but so the the point, the topic here is, you know, the panic button. Are we at the panic button time? Some of these teams, yes. Some of these teams, no. Some of these players, Juan Soto, are we panicking. I mean, he's one of the best players in a bad offense, but come on, right? Got to hit. Yeah, get going he's a little bit. He's pressing too much. He's out of the zone. He's he's trying to do too much. He's walking a lot, but he's not hitting. Vado, terrible, awful. Flat out awful. Time to hit the panic buttons for sure. Reds are no good. We get that, but he's 38 years old. It's like, okay, panic. Yes, it's time to panic. We got to start playing. Max Muncy, awful. Terrible. Downright awful. Or you hit the panic button for the Dodgers? No, because you have you bought everybody else. Yeah. So you don't need to... You, you can know, cover it up. Yeah, you don't need Max Muncy as much as you think you do. You got Freddie Freeman you paid for. Mookie Betts you paid for. You pay for everybody. So you ain't worried too worried about that. Marcus Simeon, are you, are you worried? Panic button? Yeah. I spent a lot of money on this guy, and he's not doing anything for multi-years. This isn't like a two-year contract. This is like five years. Mm-hmm. And he's you're like, this isn't good. This could be, I mean, it's drastic and, and pushing it, but I mean, you're like, oh my God, is it, we just Chris Davis this. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Tyler O'Neill, you know, got some MVP votes last year. He's struggling. His time at the panic button there. No, he's a young player. The Cardinals have the pieces to amass that. Um, you are worried, sure. But um, he's just that type of player. You know, he's kind of moving a little bit. He's a power hitter. He can run. He plays good defense. But he really isn't doing anything right now. But they can mask that. I think they're okay. They got some young pieces. You can kind of cover him up and give him his time. And the Cardinals are still playing well. So panic button for him? No, but it's something to keep an eye on. Matt Chapman for the Blue Jays. You traded for him. Panic button? Yes. It's been a couple years now, offensively. He's been bad. Mm-hmm. Aaron Hicks for the Yankees. Yes, you have a problem. It's, it's a panic button because now he's now he's healthy, you think. He's playing, which was, you know, when he plays, he's all right. He hasn't been doing good. And the Yankees, you know, you already have one problem in Gallo. Now you have another outfield problem, possibly. It's like, yeah, are we starting to panic a little bit? Yeah, I think it's this time to start panicking. 
a little bit with him because you're thinking if he's healthy, he's going to be a decent decent part in the lineup, and he's just not. Right, right. Um, so pitchers, uh, Robbie Ray, we already talked about. Jose Barrios, we already talked about. Those two guys, is it a panic button time? Not quite, but it's really starting to you know, turn your head because these guys are big pieces to their teams, and they got extensions, so they got signed long-term, and they're not doing anything. Right. Their right. teams are struggling. So, yeah, it's almost getting close, you know, to look out. Uh, Herman Marquez, not too worried with him, right? It's not a panic button, but, you know, these guys, you're just, you're, you're turning your head like, what is going on here? Marquez, I feel like, will even himself out. He always kind of does. Uh, Steven Matz, I know it's not, you go, why you even bring him up? Because he was one of the pieces that Cardinals added for their pitching, and he has not been good at all. Panic button, no. Again, the team's winning, and they have reinforcements coming. Flaherty and, and Labrador coming up. So panic button for Steven Matz, I mean, for the player itself, sure, you could be panicked, but for the team, it's his availability and what he can do to hurt the team, no, but he's been a huge disappointment. Yeah. And then the role is Chapman for the Yankees. Uh, yeah, I think the panic button's pushed for him because he's not quite the 100 and 101, 102 consistently anymore. And even if you are, not a big deal. 100 miles per hour is not quite the same. He doesn't throw strikes as much as he did. He's not getting the swings and misses. His swings and misses are down. And he's not throwing as hard consistently as he is. And now you're starting to see it. Now he plays on the IL. He has uh, you know, Achilles issue, which is alarming. But he's just not the dominant pitcher. And they have a lot of good bullpen pieces where he doesn't have to be the closer anymore. But you, you've got to be panicking if you're a Yankees or, or, or a Chapman fan because he's just not quite the pitcher and as dominant as he was. And he has outings he is. And he has mixed in other pitches, sliders and splitters. But, you know, you got to look out for him because that's – with Chad Green now going down for the Yankees, that could be a piece where if Chapman's really not right, it weakens that bullpen a lot. Yeah. So it's something to look out for because you need good bullpen, and he is a guy you kind of rely on out there, and he's just not. Agreed. It's just not the same with him. He's throwing 98, 95, 97. That's still great. It's still hard, but it's just not. In today's baseball. And then you never know if you pull him out of that close role what that does. All of a sudden, he's not happy with that. Now you just pissed, you know, you pissed him off. That team's frustrated. You got guys, you know, like Holmes, or, or I mean, you had Chad Green, and you have uh, Wiseka, who has not been doing that good, and possibly Britain towards the end of the year, right? I mean, you got guys who can be closers. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't just, you know, because he's the closer, you got to win games. Yeah, so he's a liability. Button. Yeah, is it the panic button for Chapman? I think so. He's getting older, and the velocity is just not quite the same consistently. So panic button could be pushing on him too. And that's where we're at in a year. That was the point of topic here. Is we're at the point where it's like, okay, what are we doing? Is Chapman struggling? If you're a Yankees, we got to get a bullpen guy. If you're the Braves, your bullpen's struggling, you need a bullpen guy. If you're the Blue Jays, you need starting pitching or something. You need to go get a guy. We're at that point. Are we good? Are we going to compete? Are we, who are we trading? Right. Or are we no good? Who are we trading away? you got to start making that decision, and that's where the panic button comes in. If you're panicking, it's time to make a big, big move, and big move soon. If you're not too worried about it, hey, we'll hang tight and we'll make some moves in another month. Hmm. So that's where we're at in the season. And some of these teams, it's panic button time. Some of these players, it is too. But some of these guys, you can, you don't have to worry too much about. Especially as where the team's at and things like that. You kind of, you wait on them. Yeah. But we're at that point where it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Decisions uh, are probably starting to be made. Uh, plans for the future are probably starting to be made. You know, just some passing names that you'd mentioned the teams and everything. Uh, Mariners, Blue Jays are definitely concerning. Blue Jays are above 500, I think you mentioned, right? They're 22 and 22 20. 22 and 20 coming in so today on Tuesday. They're above water, um, but people, not for nothing, talked about them like they were the, the guaranteed World Series team. 
that people a lot really of people had him to the World Series or winning the World Series. Exactly, and and uh, you know I, I didn't really quite see that yet for them. Uh, I granted they're a good team and they still are a good team, but you, you got to question what's happening over there because the the, the star power that you think would be put, being put forward isn't quite there. Mariners, are, I think, are way more concerning. Yeah, and the alarming thing with the Blue Jays, which is what's really a panic button, is you are not hitting, which is what you do. Right. You have the least lower amount of runs scored than the Cincinnati Reds going into the weekend against the Reds. Mm-hmm. You had a lower amount of runs scored. That's not good. Right. Yeah, because that was kind of what the team's built on. Their pitching, you know, is good. The, the pitching, I think, you know, you had the Cy Young winner last year. He's not doing quite as good this year. Uh, but you bring in Kikuchi. You, you sign Barrios to a big deal. You already had Ijin Ryu, who's had his problems. So you, you figure, and then you've got some guys in the bullpen like Jordan Romano and Julian Merriweather. I don't think he's doing quite as good this year. But you have some pieces. So you, you figure, okay, well, we have good enough pitching. Let's just out-hit everyone. Kind of something that the Red Sox teams of, of recent years have done. We're just going to out-hit you. So... That's concerning, but they are above 500, so you're not overly concerned, but you do have the Yankees and the Rays in your division. who are uh, The Yankees are the best team in the league record-wise right now, and the Rays are really not letting in either. Um, then you have the Mariners, who are, I think, really concerning because you already have two teams ahead of you, just like how I just mentioned the Yankees and the Rays. We have Astros Angels. There, that's got to be Even concerning. The if you're ahead of them, I think, technically. Yeah, which is, you know, um, w- which is bad because the Rangers did get better, but two of their players. I think even Corey Seager has had his problems. So there's two panic button guys there just on that team and you're below them. So yeah, there's a lot of teams and players and you went through all of them. So I'm not going to keep, uh, I'm not going to just parrot you and, and go through each one myself, but cause I pretty much agree with you on a lot of it, but there's, there's a lot of GMs right now going, Hmm, what can I do? And I think one that you would just passingly mention that isn't super concerning for the team is the, the Reds with Joey Votto. Um, Guy's a, a fantastic player at this point. I think he's 38 or 39. He's coming at the end of his career. That could have been an, an amazing trade piece for the Red, for the Reds had he been playing how he played last year. You, all of a sudden, you're at the trade deadline going, holy shit, we could trade this guy for God knows what. Now it's like, well, I could get him for a, you know, a middle prospect or something. You know, it's it, that's I, I think that hurts the Reds. At this point, he's a guy who could be released. Yeah, can we waved because he's just not doing anything. He's been no, at one thirty six, I think. For a guy that throughout his whole career has, and I know he kind of came out last year and was kind of the home run guy, but throughout his most of his career is the the average guy. He, Two seventy hitter at least. Yeah, at this point in his career and on base. I mean, God, his on base was always high. So um, that's a pat, panic button mode for sure. I think with the Reds and him because no one wins there if you're just playing bad. You don't win because you might get released, and they don't win because they're not going to get anything for you if they want to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of GMs right now scratching their head and, and maybe making phone calls. I think that that you know the gears are going to start moving here shortly. You know we're going to pass Memorial Day weekend and all of a sudden you're a month and a half from the trade deadline. Yeah. So things got to be things got to change for some players and some teams. That's for damn sure. And hopefully you're hopefully you're a fan of one of the teams like the Dodgers or 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 the Yankees who or Cardinals who can sustain or even the Brewers if they have a player like that who can sustain. Um, you know, taking a hit like a guy not playing to his to his potential. So we shall see what happens with some of those players and some of those teams. Who knows? It could be a Nationals thing where all of a sudden they have a bad record and then they go and and they make a run and you just you know that's no, that's I mean, baseball. Definitely not the Nationals this year though. 
No, 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 no. Doing very well either as a guy. You could even throw him on the panic button list because he's batting 200 and he's 98. Years he's old already, I think, 41, 42. So you're kind of hopeless. I hey, could bring in, lead some veteran or lead some young guys, right? Half a season, and then trade him at the deadline, get swing him for something. Right now, you're not going to swing him for much. Yeah, right. Juan Soto could pick his brain and young guys like that. So you know, it's um, there's a lot of problems in the, especially hitting wise in the league right now. So we'll see how that kind of works itself out. So moving on from that, let's move on to the wrap up of the show or the news section primarily uh, who's doing the best right now. So right now the Yankees have the best record in the league at 29 and 13, while the Astros have the second best record in the American league at 27 and 16. Uh, the Dodgers have the best record in the NL at 28 and 13, or the Padres are right behind them at 28 and 14. Uh, Dodgers still on the best run differential at plus 97, like they usually do. And the Reds still on the worst at minus 67, but they're not quite, in the basement of the run differential as, as they were, believe me, there's, there's teams catching up to them at this point. Um, a la, you know, pirates and, and Orioles and teams like that. So that's the wrap up. That's, uh, that's kind of who's doing the best right now. We, st- uh, not much movement there. Astros are red hot. I think yeah. they won like 10 in a row. Yankees have been red hot Dodgers Padres. E- ever since we started this podcast. Dodgers are always at the top of the list. Padres have been good. So yeah, not much, not much movement there, you know, right now. Yeah, yeah, some teams I had here on the hot list here are the Red Sox, Twins. The Red Sox had a, what, five, six-game win streak now, right? Story has seven home runs in a week. Twins have been playing well. The Mets, Cardinals, I think four or five games in a row, scored in a bunch of runs. And the Padres, some, some hot teams there, some cold teams, the Royals, A's, Mariners, struggling a bit. Giants and Rockies of late, those teams have been struggling. So just throw those in there to add on to what you just mentioned. And yeah. It starts making a little bit of sense. Right, All right. Yeah, I think the the Giants um, they came out the gates pretty hot, like they were like the team they were last year, and I think now have have kind of fallen back to what we kind of thought the team was the whole time. Yeah, to be about honest, hundred at this point, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know what's going on with them, but I, I I do have a sneaking suspicion that they're finally falling back down to about the team that they five hundred uh, team that they are the, the the back of the player card type, you know. Team, you know, and for 500, you're going to be 500. They're not, you know, they're not the worst team in the league. Clearly, they won 107 games last year or something like that. They're definitely not a 107 win team. No, no, they're they're not 100%. So we'll see what happens with them. But I think the Dodgers and Padres are finally going to kind of have the the division rivalry we thought they were going to have, you know, to be honest. So, so yeah, moving on from the hot and cold teams, we have the hot and cold players of the week. So I believe the players of the week were uh, Trevor Story. And um, was it Sandy Alcantara who won it in the NL? Was the pitcher? Yeah, um, so I don't do you know I don't do pitchers. Frank will have the hot and cold pitchers, but I just wanted to mention the players of the week. I don't have Trevor Story. Um, he hit a ton of home runs. He finally kind of broke out, but his average was was fairly low. I thought for player of the week. So uh, here's my five hot players: is number one Randy Rosarena batted five sixty three over the last week with a nine thirty eight slugging and a fifteen eighty eight OPS. Um, I think the you know up to this point, Rosarena had been kind of uh lower to you know average play so maybe it's finally time that he broke out this year uh number two tim anderson has been red hot he batted 588 over the last week with a 765 slugging and a 1415 ops number three luis arias batted 556 over the last week with a 667 slugging and a 1319 ops uh number four pete alonzo batted 462 over the last week with an 846 slugging and a 1346 OPS. Kind of been leading that offense, I'd say, for the Mets for the most part. Mm-hmm. Number five, Paul Goldschmidt, 
just an absolute RBI machine of late, batting 435 over the last week with an 826 slugging and a 1266 OPS. I think he, he there was some number where he had like like 10 RBIs in two games or, or something yeah, like that. It was Grand it, Slam yesterday. Yeah, so I you know he's he's um you know he's always kind of been an RBI guy. Um, so to have him and Arenado in that lineup is it, just for the Cardinals is is just amazing. You know to yeah. to have. And imagine if you had like Jose Bray, <laughs> you know, you just have all the RBIs in the league yeah, ever. Yeah, and then wait till I got like Tyler O'Neill. Oh yeah, he's a bunch of RBIs this year. Even mm-hmm. even batting one ninety, he's got like twenty five RBIs. Yeah, that's just and it's good when you have a team like that that's contending and and trying to fight with the Brewers for that central, and you have timely hitting, and that's that's really what it comes down to, especially when you get to the playoffs, is timely hitting. Mm-hmm. So he's been leading that charge. Yeah, yeah. Some other players here I want to mention that are. Been hitting good over the last week or so. Kyle Isbell for the Royals. It's been going pretty well. David Peralta for Arizona. And Michael Chavis for Pittsburgh. And again, I know we talked about Pittsburgh briefly last week. you got to give them their credit. They're only a couple games under five hundred for a team that's built one of the worst built teams I've ever seen. Right yeah, now. they're not too bad. Um, so got to give them their credit. Some pitchers that have been really doing well. Sandy Alcantara mm-hmm. to a complete game yesterday, uh, Sunday. We had uh, Johnny Cueto. Off the off the streets, essentially pitching had two great starts. Yeah, uh, Nick Pavetta threw a complete game for the Red Sox. Martin Perez threw a complete game for the Rangers. Yeah, so we had a lot of complete games here over the last uh, seven to ten days. Um, and then Clay Holmes out of the bullpen for the Yankees has really been pitching really well. Um, and could easily steal that closer job like we mentioned earlier from Chapman. Yeah, yeah, I think right now he he probably would be the guy for the job, especially with with Chad Green going down. Um, I think that he he's been fantastic. I think he was a guy who came from the Pirates, right? Yeah. So, in a in a very small, don't even remember what the deal was. It was it was just kind of this was, uh, real minor, almost like a minor league trade. Yeah, it was just hey, we'll take this guy. Maybe he's got... seen something out of him, and they're like, oh, we can give it a run, and it's it's worked. Yeah, and the Pirates, uh, sure, at that point, might have just been like, well, we'll take anything for even just a reliever. So yeah, that might have just been perfect timing. So moving on to the cold players of the week. Um, number one, I have Nick Castellanos batting 087 over last week with a 130 slugging at 290 OPS, probably contributing to kind of what you said with the Phillies, kind of maybe panic button mode. But he, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's been fairly good this year, so I don't know if he's, yeah, he's a part of the problem. He's but, been pretty consistent day yeah. in and day out for them. Yeah, that's kind of what he does. It's just, you know, you kind of get what you pay for with him. Yeah, but he was... Machine. Yeah, yeah, oh my God. Um, but he has been cold this as of late, so... Um, not helping, especially with, with Harper having his, you know, his problem. Uh, number two, Sheldon Noisy batted 091 over the last week with an 091 slugging and a 182 OPS. Uh, number three, Christian Walker batted 091 with a 364 slugging and a 595 OPS over the last week. Number four, Josh Bell batted 095 over the last week with an 095 slugging and a 231 OPS. He, another one that has been very good this year, um, just kind of hit a little bit of a cold streak there. And number five, Jorge Mateo uh, batted 050 over the last week, an 050 slugging and a 145 OPS. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Jorge Mateo has actually been fairly, fairly good with the Orioles this year. I, I can't remember. I, His I know. average was like 230 or so, I think, before this cold streak. But stealing bases and playing every day. So. That's a yeah. You know when it, when it, you know because the Yankees have seemingly played the Orioles about 80 times this year already. So yeah. um, they've seen a lot of him, and and uh, he's been he, he he just like. He's a playmaker. Like, he makes things happen, and that's kind of speedy guys. That's what they do. Yeah, so, no problem if you're on your way to an opposing team. Yeah, you don't want him on base, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's on third or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, some other guys here. Um, you mentioned, you know, didn't mention here uh, Buxton. Obviously doing, you know, really struggling of late. Uh, Darren Ruff for the Giants. I 
Dan Ruff out of the rough, you know, in the last year he came out of nowhere yeah. from Japan again, and all of a sudden he was great, and now he's struggling. That Casey McGee feel to him, <laughs> you know. Uh, Juan Moncada off the IL here, not doing great. So these are some guys here that I had on my list that aren't really doing that great. Uh, Pitching-wise, Zach Davies, ice cold, got beat up. Zach Granke, uh, as of late, and for, the, for really for most of the year, hasn't been that great. Juan Adon for the Nationals has been really bad. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, Of late and of this year. He has eight losses already this year. That's incredible. He's eight (laughs) losses. The Yankees as a team has 13 losses. He, as one person, has eight losses. It's just awesome. And I believe Patrick (laughs) Corbin was tied for second. I think he had seven losses already. So there's 15 losses right there. Two guys. So thanks for showing up. Yeah, that deal did not work out for the Nationals, Patrick no. Corbin. Uh, Kyle Hendricks of late has not been doing good. And Tucker Davidson for the Braves. So there's some guys there with some decent names or just really not been good that you're like, wow. Or for teams that you expect to be playing well, and you go, wow, they're just not doing great of the last seven or ten days. And that makes sense to maybe why teams have been struggling a little bit. Right, exactly. So, you know, you have a few cold players, and all of a sudden you're you're really having a hard time the whole the team as a whole. Yeah, exactly. So, um the last thing I got here, or I guess your next segment before we get to our trivia question here, is um, injuries. Um, and I would say it's not been an awful week, but it's been a little, I would say a little worse than the last The last two weeks were great injury-wise. We really didn't have much. So it's been a little worse than that, but it's not been a real bad week. Uh, Adam Kittredge for the Rays, placed in the IL. We have the Yankees. Um, they have a couple of guys placed on the COVID IL. Kawagashi Oshu was activated today. Uh, Donaldson on the COVID. Gallo on the COVID. But also Chapman placed on the IL with an Achilles inflammation. And Chad Green shut down. He'll be done this year. He's getting Tommy John. So that's a big, big hit there. And Eduardo Rodriguez placed on the IL for Detroit. They've had just a lot of injuries and just not, not good play out of these guys. Um, so they've really been struggling to let down for the year for sure. Um, Chris Paddock, not a good trade for the Twins. I didn't think it was all that great of a trade, trade at the time. And now he got Tommy Johns. That trade's really not looking good because Taylor Rogers has been great for San Diego. But Chris Paddock placed in the IL, Tommy John. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, card off the field with a leg injury. He really seemed to have his his career, his stuff kind of figured out there and card off the field with what looked to be some sort of Achilles or knee or something just popped and he went right down. So not great there. Max Scherzer, oblique, 68 weeks as a pitcher, 38 years old. They say six to eight weeks. You know, you're not going to see him pitching for the Mets, I think, until maybe mid-August. And, you know, you hate to say it, but it's the Mets, so there's a chance he just never pitches again this year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Peralta for the Brewers. Uh, the Brewers starting pitching hasn't really been that great that year. This year, he's been hurt. He just got hurt, so that's not going to help him. Dylan Carlson, who seemed to be heating up for the Cardinals a bit, is placed on the IL. Steven Matz was placed on the IL after struggling. Uh, Mike Clevenger placed on the IL again for the Padres. And Kershaw plays in the IL. Probably won't see him. We already, I think we mentioned it last week. Um, but now we have a little bit more information on what's going to happen. You probably won't see him until maybe more towards the middle of the year. Mm. Um, on the good side of things, Wander Franco, I know he's missed some games. He's had some leg issues. I know he's been cold of late too, but he's back in the lineup today. So he's, he is feeling better. So that's good. Max Dassey was activated off the IL. RG Bradley activated for the Angels. Those two players, so that could help them. Chris Sale was strong bullpen sessions. So hopefully he's on the verge of coming back. He's just one of those guys who's just baseball needs he's a great pitcher he's different yep he's got that lefty he's kind of winging it kind of like that Randy Johnson look but also now that the Red Sox won some games they're kind of contending to maybe a playoff spot so mm. they would need him they need him need him um, Lance McCullers 
going to start throwing some more and hopefully come back for the Astros. He's a big piece to them. Mm-hmm. Frankie Montas left the game with a hand injury. Um, the expectations he makes his next start, which is good news, especially for the A's for trade value. Definitely. Kyle Lewis on the verge of coming back. I think his first pitch he's seen in rehab, he, ma- he just mashed like a 460-foot home run. Oh, my God. That's a guy who was hurt last year and hasn't been there. That would be a big swing. Definitely. Get him and Julio Rodriguez in the outfield. Jesse Winker's been coming alive a little bit, and maybe Jared Kelnick could maybe just find out how to hit. Yeah. And that could be a big piece for them. Uh, we had Acuna. I know he missed some games and had some injuries. He's back. He's been playing, which is good. Strasburg is supposed to be making a rehab assignment soon. That would be just a big name. I'd like to see him playing, right? Yeah. Um, Harper missed almost a week with the PRP shot he got in his elbow. He's back. That's good. I know he has Tommy John essentially waiting for him at some point, possibly. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Moniak expected to be back with the Phillies here soon. He got broke his hand right before the season started. Mm. Jack Flaherty still throwing. His, they're still hoping for sometime in really mid-June for him to make his debut, season debut. So that's good for the Cardinals. Nico Horner should be back here for the Cubs here pretty shortly. And Tatis, they think, will be cleared to swing a bat here pretty shortly. Okay. So with the Padres doing their thing with Machado, really carrying the team, and Hosmer for a while was carrying the team. They get a guy like Tatis back, and a team that's already got what one, rec- one game off the best record in baseball, that would be, could possibly be a season winning move not yeah. just changing they can win the whole league absolutely with a guy like Tatis back yep. so we'll see what happens um, but again the injury side wasn't the greatest like the last two weeks but not could have been a lot worse yeah 100% uh, you know the injury list I think has been good over you know the, the you look at a few weeks span the injury list has been yeah. okay this week know? in the last two weeks if these are the worst it is you're that's uh, awesome yeah for you, baseball yeah there's there's you know there's certain injuries um, you know, I think, what was it? The Yankees got double hit with Chad Green and Luis Heel. Both got Tommy John. They're out. Uh, Freddie Peralta, I think, is it going to be out most of the year. But other than that, you know. Um, you, you get some bad ones. That's just how it is. But for the most part, I mean, it, it could be a lot worse, especially with some of the big, big names on and difference makers in some of these teams. Not that Chad Green and, and guys like that, big pieces, and, they, you know, hurts their career and their personal side of things. But, you know, as an overall standpoint in baseball, you look at these and you go, okay, it could have been a lot worse with some of these guys. Oh, and, yeah. You know, just injuries in, happen. So you can't really, you know, can't beat yourself up over every injury. Yeah. Especially in a 162 season, game season. Yeah, things happen. It just is what it is. So, But the last thing I got here is the trivia question. And trivia question, um, I want to talk about the Braves, you know, defending World Series champs, right? So... Um, which franchise holds the record for the worst record for defending World Series champion? The answer is the 1998 Marlins. So the franchise is the Marlins. But the 1998 Marlins hold the record for the worst record in winning percentage after being the World Series champion the previous year. They were 54 and 108 with a 333 win percentage. They, 97, won the World Series, were about 100 wins, and they had a great core of players, young players. They all came together and played well. Before the 1998 season, they got rid of them all. Moisa Lou, Kevin Brown, guys like that. They all traded them away, and the team was awful in 98. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, which franchise holds the record for the worst record for defending World Series champion. 1998 Marlins, 54 and 108 with a 333 win percentage. Uh, the previous year, they won 97. The second closest team to that was the Nationals in 2020, the COVID shortened year. They were 26 and 34 with a 433 win percentage. So the second team on that list 
was 100 points better in the win percentage category. Jesus. <laughs> that just explains to you kind of how really unbelievable that Marlins teardown. I mean, it makes sense if you really want to look into it. Go, well, that's why. But still, still surprising. You go, wow, that's, that is hard to do. Yeah, it really is. And then be back in 03 if you're a Marlins. Yeah, they were back in five years after then, a total dare down. Bet you in 04, they probably didn't have a great, all that great of a year either because they're just a team that just, they get, they tear them down and they got to get rid of the guys. Well, right off the bat, I can think Beckett went right to the Red Sox. So you lost one guy there. And I don't think Miggy <laughs> hung around much longer after that. No, he went to the Tigers, you know, I'd say fairly shortly after. Hanley Ramirez, I don't know how long he, you know, he really stuck around. Because um, Havana was gone. Yeah, so I mean, you got to think the the Marlins teams are just like, all right, well, we won. And... Pierre was still there, and Dontre Will started kind of heading down pretty shortly after that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they weren't all that dominant after that either. Yeah, so uh, you know, I don't know what what it is, I guess, with them and and just tearing her right down. But I guess they did it maybe twice. Yeah, so we're looking at that. The Braves are four games under 500. So could they are they going to compete with the Marlins? Nope, I don't see that happening. They're already you know a third of the way to that win total. But can they be one of these teams on this on this list? Where they have a bad record after being the World Series champs. I right now the four games under five hundred. You never know. Yeah, certainly possible. So uh, we shall see what, what ends up happening with the the World Series defending Braves. It would be unbelievable if they break that Marlins record at this point. They already have nineteen wins. You'd have to be like the Reds in the first yeah, <laughs> in you, the first you, month. You, they win thirty more games. They got forty nine wins. They have to win thirty five more games to tie the Marlins thirty six to beat them. Yeah, exactly. And it's, there's, it's, uh, you know, 100 games, over 100 games left. So I uh, think they're okay. But, I mean, hey, it's baseball. You never know. Yeah, you never know what happens. You really do. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of all I have for this episode. Uh, you know, we look forward to seeing, kind of as we mentioned in the you know top of the show, seeing what the prospects can do, Adley Rushman and Nolan Gorman, um, and then kind of seeing uh, where some of these teams go and some of these players that are really, really struggling and, and really not, you know, doing what they can. Uh, as of late, so it, it's kind of getting to that point. You start looking at the standings, going, "Boy, we better pick it up." If, if you're if you're kind of down the basement, uh, or if you're close to it, so uh, we shall see. You know, if there's any moves that start to be made, or if uh, you know any injuries really trigger start triggering some trades. So uh, that's it's getting to that point in the year. It's kind of exciting, but uh, but before we go, I just kind of wanted to say that you know we have Memorial Day weekend coming up here. Um, the next episode will be after Memorial Day, so I want to wish everyone a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend, and hopefully you uh, get to uh, go out and have good food and enjoy and be with family or friends or whatever you plan on doing. And yeah, yeah, there's definitely good going to be good baseball on. So I uh, just wanted to say happy, happy Memorial Day weekend, and um, we will obviously be back normal, you know, normal time with a Wednesday episode uh, for the next week. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Memorial Day's coming up, so that's always a good time. Hope everybody enjoys their Memorial Day and thank all the, the veterans and things that get us to that point. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, Memorial Day is a big part in the season and that's kind of your your where we're at, you know, stake in the ground uh, or checkpoint in the season. So uh, it's going to get to the real exciting. You're going to see all-star votes start coming out and things like that. So, you know, we're in the full swing of baseball. Memorial Day is always that real cut where it's like, okay, we're, baseball's it's here now. Other sports are starting to kind of finish up their season and now it's baseball's time to be on the top step and uh, be in the news day in, day out, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, nothing but good stuff to look forward to and good weather, too. Um, yeah. For most part, wherever you live, you generally better weather. Weather. Yeah, baseball weather, golf weather, outside weather, <laughs> <laughs> beach, ocean, whatever you want to do, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So 
Uh, but that's all I have for this episode. I don't know if uh, you have anything else so we could wrap this episode up. No, that's that's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapri. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapri. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.